if you really focus and specialize yourself, um, you have a high chance of getting internship. And because you get an internship when you're very young, you keep getting more internships and more internships. It does build up a lot. Hello and welcome everybody to another episode of Origins. Today I have my guest Lily here. She works at HyperX as the social media coordinator. Um, and you know, we kind of just started talking on Twitter and now we're actually going to get to talking for reals because we've never met in person before. So we have a lot to learn and let's see what we can learn from her. And here she is. Hey guys, nice to meet you. As uh, Peter said, I am Lily and I'm the social media coordinator for HyperX here in world for um, you, uh, North America, as we have a uh, global social media managers throughout uh, global. And so I guess what I do mostly is post anything on the HyperX Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook pages, and work really closely for our content team, as well as managing a lot of <laughs> wearing different hats, such as the giveaways and traveling, doing event activations as well. Awesome, awesome. So how did you get started in esports? See, so I actually started, I guess my interest in esports picked up in late high school. Um, I started a League of Legends club, although it was very, very small, but I think it definitely started the passion of wanting to create something bigger and being part of like Riot Games. I think Riot Games is probably everyone's biggest dream when they're in high school. You know, League of Legends was so popular way back in like 2012, 2014, right? When, oh yeah, that's when it kind of first yeah. started like coming up. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Like right after the summer split 2011, like Dyrus and his pillow phase. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Like that era in um, TSM and CLG, you know, they would like trash talk each other. That era was when I started playing Link 2. So, you know, everyone was like, oh, I want to be Riot so-and-so. And that's also when I started the League of Legends Club in my high school back yeah, 2012. Or no, sorry, 2012. Short, 2014. And afterwards, I um, went to UCI. So I actually... Didn't know what I wanted to do at UCI, so I joined ICS because when you think of gaming, you're like, well, I guess the first thing you think is like coding or being part of the game development side. But I think when you're like younger, you don't think of the mass like op job opportunities there are in esports. Mm -hmm. You mostly think about just the game. So anything correlated with the game. Yeah, and at this time, the the industry was still pretty. I mean, I I guess we could still say we're really young, but it was even mm -hmm. like less developed than it is now, right? Oh yeah, definitely. I think there is no such thing as structure for a lot of teams, right? If you think about it, TSM did start off with just the five of them, right? Like mm -hmm. Reginald, oh, his brother, um, Lena, like Odd One, Rain Man, <laughs> all those old names. They're just five groups of friends, right? Yep. So that was pretty crazy and how they took off from that. It must have been wild to think about it because if you think about it, they were like what, 18, 20? That, that range they're so young. yeah they were really young and they got yeah. started you know like like anybody else would for their passion mm -hmm. yeah which is like absolutely crazy i think and uh uci was actually featured on the league of legends client back in 20 
2014 as 2013 actually um that's when i saw uci and that's why i applied because they showed right showed like they had a bus full of students go to the lcs studio in santa monica and that was uci so that's what actually want me made me want to go to uci in the first place and they had the show the club which was uh the association of gamers at uci mm-hmm. and i joined that immediately in my first year and i it was crazy <laughs> um i did i definitely wanted to do so much more in the community and seeing how like everyone from like all like, all backgrounds all different levels uh, or ex- expertise in gaming and so many people you can meet along with it it was what drove me to be part of the community because personally uh <laughs> i kind of introvert so a lot of my days in high school were either you know playing music you beat an orchestra or something or just going home playing games and i met a lot of really cool people through online and i think a lot of my online friends that i met way back in 2013 2014 i still know them today and because of i met so many like great people which is I wanted to be able to transfer what I've experienced like in the community. I wanted to give that, make other people feel that way. And through that, at UCI, I was able to work at the UCI Esports Arena. Uh, I was actually a camp counselor for uh, a smaller organization that would teach kids through Minecraft. So I do have a lot of experience in actually teaching kids through video games and talking, giving panels to people at Blizzard and USC, and through that experience, through the club, um, the camp, and UCI Esports, I, was, I had my first internship at HyperX and, um, back in 2017. And I was working for the, like, the Esports Arena there as well. And just fortunately, um, after graduating through very, like, about six months after I graduated, HyperX called me back and said they had a position open, and I definitely jumped on board. Whoa, so it looks like you went through a lot. I mean, going yeah. from going from, like you said, an introverted high schooler to taking on all these leadership positions um, in college, that was a huge leap for you. Oh, definitely. Like, because this, for me, I just stayed home and played games all day. My grandma actually plays games too. So we would play like Pokemon together. What? Like, Yeah. That's so cute. Pretty- <laughs> She still plays games today, like, um, but old ones. So, like, the GameCube, I had to fix my ge- the old GameCube often. And she wants to play, like, Harvest Moon, Animal Crossing. So, like, a lot of more simpler games. But um, since Pokemon came in, too, like, uh, Red and Blue or Fire and Fire Red and Leaf Green, we'd always play the opposite and um, trade each other. So I think my grandma was definitely a um, someone who didn't get mad that I played too much games, but encouraged and definitely understood, like, yeah, I play a lot of games, but she saw me meet a lot of friends through it, and I was having a lot of fun. So something I didn't really like to go out during high school, besides extra clickers, because I think it's very common for people, or you know, a lot of students who strive to do their best uh, join like like five extra clickers. You know, they have zero periods, seven, uh, seventh period. So I was one of those. So it was very hard for me to go out, anyways, and mm-hmm. so. I was just so tired, and I think games helped me not only meet people, but I really love the stories of video games. I think it's like kind of reading like a book, right? When you 
are immersed in this really great book, you do like Harry Potter and you get, jump into their worlds. Mm-hmm. I think video games are definitely the same way, just a different, um, you know, a medium for that. So did you did you have any like going back to just like taking on those leadership positions? Um, was there, I guess, were, were there any challenges you had like for stepping up into these positions? Um, I think. Well, I think in my experience at UCI was students, they, we all love gaming. And mm-hmm. I think that's great. But I think experience is one of the hardest things I had because when you're a student, um, you always see what other people do, like other organizations do. You're trying to mimic that. And that is our experience as a student because it's not really, it's not our, you know, our full-time job per se, to like really learn, you know, we don't get paid for it. So it is a passion project and learning, you know, logistics, statistics, how to make a sponsorship deck, what, what sponsors want, what are they even after? Why would our sponsor even want, you know, sponsor a school and how to run an event, how to keep, you know, member retention and making your community happy and how to build all that. Not just, um, I think not just, to depend on passion and like people will join because they love gaming but i also think at that point it's very hard when it turns from a group of friends that wants to help you know this community to like uci was small and there's a huge amount of gamers to it turns to a huge organization and it was that you know at that point it's experienced because uci esports has a lot of resources, a lot of faculty that do have experience in event planning and hospitality in uh, um, being managers and just being a project manager. Or as a student, you're also going through college and trying to learn at the same time. So it's very, very rigorous. But I think that's what that was the hardest part of being stepping up was be able to trust myself and be able, able to make sure I had that experience to make really good community for the school. Mm-hmm. And that's a great thing kind of like about community itself. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you didn't do this whole thing by yourself. That, that would be really hard, but also very yeah, impressive. Definitely. But you did probably have like a really good support group with the friends that you made within TAG and also the friends that you made within UCI Esports as well as the... Mm-hmm. Um, at my school, we call it eboard members. Do, what do you guys call all of the... Oh, uh, we call them officers. Directors. Oh, directors. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay, okay. So I guess, yeah, like there's like the eight, I guess, directors and each director kind of has their own department. So it kind of mm-hmm. mimics what a... Um, a I company guess, structure would look like, right? Yeah. What was, uh, what was your position at uh, UCI Esports? Uh, I did social media, actually. Oh, wow. I did okay, so like you, carried, you took that skill mm-hmm. and then carried it on to now. Yeah, but... Honestly, I think social media for a organization is just just posting on Facebook and uh, you know Twitter and stuff and just advertising to students. So that's what I mostly did. I think yeah, all four years I did that. I ran boothing, posting everywhere, <laughs> um, and you know going out, and be like, hey, you know, kind of like for for a student body that kind of you become more of the face of the club. So that's what I felt like I became. Whereas you know, that experience was definitely helpful at HyperX, but it was probably, like, um, increased up a notch by, like, 100. Yeah, now you probably have that hindsight and 
um I, i'm wondering like are there any things that if you could think of like back then that you did were there any things that you kind of look at and you're like man i could have done that a lot better i think i think for me i wish or i feel like i could have done a lot better is kind of just keeping the community uh uci i think it was personally very hard because it kind of felt like an organism we have a like the school um really took over uci esports and because we had more resources it is easier to run events to get sponsorships and stuff because it is legitimized at uci however at the same time it also affects the students for the students like oh we kind of feel like these events aren't for me and i think i wish i listened to the students a lot more because events are great having a lot of events are great but being able to cater and really build that community and keep the community there especially at a school is super super important and i wish i did that better that's really interesting because you didn't learn only um stuff about like running the social media but you that you mm -hmm. were basically also learning a lot about community engagement and just community management in general yes do you yeah do you... so Oh, sorry. Continue, continue. Oh, sorry. Oh, no, no. Yeah, so, um, or as I say, like, I think community management is part of social media. Uh, HyperX, I'm able to respond to everyone to, you know, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. So if I don't reply, it kind of also shows that we're not listening. Like, HyperX, me, <laughs> I'm not listening. So it, being able to reply, right, is also shown through as community management as well as show that, oh, we listen to our, our audience's feedback. Mm -hmm. would you um and then in addition to like what you did at uci esports you also said you worked at the uci esports arena what mm -hmm. was um what were like some of your responsibilities there um i also did the social media for them oh, um so, man, you're yeah. like an expert at this point <laughs> yeah it was, it was tough like i know i, I know like oh, man this girl just posts on facebook like i would get that all the time like oh it's probably so easy you just post on facebook and twitter and instagram but honestly social media is a lot harder than it seems a post that may seem like oh you can just whip it up in one minute sometimes can take 30 minutes to an hour um but uh another thing i did was i was a student i guess student receptionist so anything that I guess customer service wise, though, so if someone comes in like, hey, can I play in this computer? And you're like, yeah, hi, this, welcome to UCI Esports Arena. You know, our hourly wait is $4 an hour. And being able, just doing more, uh, I guess, smaller stuff, just like a regular reception, but was also my, part of my duties. I think that receptionist role, and correct me if I'm wrong, but probably helped out a lot when it came to um listening to the community and engaging with them because the same player and uh, players the same students that went there to play games were probably the same students that you were trying to engage with online uh through the social mm -hmm. media posts through um from the uci esports arena and also through the, the uci esports um you know channels right yeah it was um it's it is definitely it did definitely give me a lot of uh experience with yeah dealing face-to-face -face to the community, especially because it's not only students that would enter the arena, but also um, parents. A lot, you know how many people, like, parents especially, are very, very wary of how long their kids play Fortnite, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, 
and parents will come in and hit, hey, can I like um, restrict how many hours my son plays here in college? I'm like, well, they're adults now. So, you know, in university, they're being treated like adults. So, no, we can't really restrict them. But, um, you know, having to also not only understand um, no, our age, our age, I think, is very well known of, you know, what games are coming out and what, uh, what, how they feel they should balance their time because obviously work, learning time management is very important, but also understanding the older you know, their parents is also a demographic that people, I guess, I guess the gaming industry in whole tries to understand as well because, um, you know, when you're a parent, you're like, oh, what should I buy for my kid if they like playing games? Um, and you see something or they see something that they had experience with, either like a one-hand experience at the UCI Esports Arena or something, and they bring it home. And that's the only thing that they know because they don't really understand gaming. So it is, I think it is a really big experience and also very important for that role as well. As well. Mm -hmm. Nowadays, education, I, I feel, is a really big thing that uh, should be emphasized a little bit more. Not only mm -hmm. for the younger generation right now, like the middle schoolers and high schoolers to help them understand the scope of what the industry is like at the moment, but also for the older generation as well, because they're kind of growing up and, you know, as as you could feel it, um, things are moving very fast. Not Technology mm -hmm. isn't the only thing that moves fast, but our industry too, the standards, the trends, um, the games. And so one, one day it might be Fortnite, but the next day it might be League of Legends and they're separate you know like very different yeah. games and they're like what mm -hmm. the heck's going on like i thought you liked fortnite or something you know yeah it's... did you hmm? oops sorry sorry oh, so, no, no, please <laughs> uh, did you um do you have any like funny stories from talking to parents that that came in to the the esports arena oh yeah gosh actually i remember this one parent he was um trying to like he brought his son. He would bring his son in like almost every day, which is like super good, you know, like he's like really supports his son gaming and he tried to um he would watch his son he would watch his son play and I guess his son would play like, you know, like PUBG or um like some like CSGO, but his dad would watch closely and I guess the dad's not really used to like I guess jump scare. Well, not really jump scares, but just like flashy stuff. So the son would like um, go in the corner, and you know, someone would like pop out. The dad would like scream, like "Oh my god!" and getting really <laughs> intense and kind of like scream. But a lot of that's like one major incident that I remember. But I think um, someone, if you go to a PC cafe, uh, we have a lot of students that would just yell, like they jump up. And yeah, like, oh my god, I died. Or just like, they like, not hit the table like really hard, but like, and then like, oh, I can't believe, you know, I, I, I flashed on accident. So it would be really loud. And we had to tell people, please, like, calm down because they go so rowdy, which is super cool. But it's just like, you could hear them from outside, like, screaming, like, and just yelling, which at the top of their lungs. And sometimes it's really funny because everyone else would be quiet because. They would wear their headset and they won't know that they're super loud and everyone's looking at them. But I think on a day-to-day -day basis, that probably happened like a lot. And you used to be surprised what people said. And I think only one time there was a physical altercation, but it was just between friends. Like 
uh, they're playing League of Legends. Two, two guys were playing League of Legends. And I guess they're just laughing, having a good time. But one of them got up and pressed his flash. And then the guys start like hitting him with his hat. Like, how dare you? I died because you hit my, you pressed my flash. <laughs> That's <laughs> hey, hey, chill, chill. But it was so funny, right? Like, he was just getting so mad. Well, you know, so riled up that his friend pressed his flash. <laughs> Oh, that's so funny. And I'm going to tell you right now that it still happens. Uh, remember when we <laughs> talked about the FlyQuest thing? I was uh, yeah. there for the FlyQuest uh, esports panel, and I went to visit the campus because I've never been to UTI before then. Oh. Um, I went to the esports arena because I was very curious to see what it was like in person. Mm -hmm. I've seen pictures and videos, and it's, it's just as amazing uh, going in there. And from my experience having um, you know, Asian friends in, in PC cafes, uh, mm -hmm. They get very loud, and when I was in there, there was a bunch of like Chinese international kids playing League of Legends, and they yeah. were just like super rowdy. And I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty much expected. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, we had to tell them, you know, stop cussing because you know it's very hard when you hear, you know, when you hear the, you know, mm -hmm. when you go inside and parents are coming in and like, yeah, because it's a public, it's, it's access, um, accessible to the public too. Yeah, I was surprised. So, I didn't know that. So yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So a lot of people would come in and be like, "Hey, is this open only to students?" And we'd be like, "No, it's open to everyone." And you know, kids would be like, "Can I play?" But then they'll come in at a very awkward time sometimes because some of those you know Chinese international students will get up and be like, "Anima," or something like that. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like every day, like you, every hour, not even hour, but like every ten minutes, it was just hear someone say like, "Anima," oh, you know, and just like. Okay, well, let it go. But if they get, you know, start yelling, yelling, then we'd be like, hey, you know, chill. And they're like, oh, I'm so sorry. It's just, I almost, almost died. So it's very cute when you go up to them and they're just like, I'm so, I'm so sorry. It just, it's really, you know, immersed in the game. It's fun. It's yeah, fun to watch. As gamers, like, we, we definitely understand that feeling too. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when you see it from the outside and you see them apologize, you're like, oh, yeah, they don't, they don't really mean it. It's just getting caught up in the moment. Yeah. So it's very cute when you go up to them and they're like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I didn't know it was so loud. But, we let it slide a lot, you know, but it's just, it's funny every time. That's amazing. That's great. Um, so jumping a little bit more forward into, I guess, the future slash present day. So you, you did the internship with HyperX. Mm -hmm. um, and what was the internship was also social media? Yeah. And then after you graduated, they, they hired you back? Yep. So... And so you're still currently located in L.A.? uh ooh, closer to irvine yeah irvine oh yeah yeah irvine yeah so for, as a yeah. non la -er, like every oh, part of that is LA exactly. to me. Yeah, yeah. I, I understand that i was i thought the same thing too and before i moved over here oh where were you from originally i'm from san diego but like very very south so basically like mexico that's where my high school is actually i believe the closest high school next to the border so oh wow yeah Super coming south. to LA, yeah, it was, it's super south, like, so south, like, coming to here, it was, like, opposite, like, over there, everyone's mostly, um, you know, uh, Mexican-American or, like, Filipino, over here, everyone's, like, Asian. Yeah. So it was very opposite <laughs> for Especially me if you here. go, like, to the 626 area, like, that, it's just yeah. all Asian. Yeah, like, it was a very um, big transition for me when I was, like, oh, I didn't know UCI was... You know, um, off the flip, basically flipped of San Diego, so it was quite. Mm -hmm. Um, they were. How's the weather difference? Because I know the further I used to live in lower um, New Orleans, Louisiana, so I know when you're like really oh, south, it's it's humid. Yeah. Was it like super humid in San Diego too? Um, Down I think there? it depends. 
Depends where you live. I lived closer to the beach, so mm -hmm. the air was a lot more fresh. And oh, the, yeah, that's really nice. Not, not as humid. Yeah, it was super nice. The air is really, I guess, not humid at all. I don't think I've ever experienced humidity in San Diego, mm -hmm. now that I think about it. Well, that's because I live right in the coastline, so it's a lot more chilly. But it's, I think my weather, the weather I miss the most is at night in summer. It's like, it's not too cold, but it's night, so the sun's not blazing. But the wind, it has a nice breeze to it, so you can just walk around and not feel humid. Like here in LA, it's really humid. Or and then um, is you don't get that weather anywhere else. Yeah, because you're way more inland. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, like I went to Vegas. You probably experienced it too when you went to Vegas. Like walking out wasn't open. I was yeah. like. I'm sweating already. I just stepped outside. I, I, I don't know if you know, but um, I don't know if I told you, but I live in Vegas like right now. Oh, what? Yeah, yeah. So I was yeah. just outside. Yeah, it's really hot. <laughs> even even like the wind. You know how you say there's a breeze? It's a hot breeze. Yeah. <laughs> it's not the I, nicest yeah. thing in the world. Um, but you know, once the summer's over, everything else is pretty nice. So oh, almost okay. almost there. Almost done. I definitely hope to travel back there uh, when, when it's not summer because my plane just like, I remember I was taking Uber and then the guy was like, yeah, sometimes the planes don't take off if it gets too hot because it's like bad for the planes or something. Oh, yeah, Ooh, maybe an overheating that's... issue or something like yeah. that. Yeah. So okay. we're actually having an event next week on the 26th. So a lot of my coworkers are actually going back to Vegas. I went to Vegas for one day on the 5th post Evo because we had an event with like Daigo and uh, Sonic Fox and stuff. Yeah, and you guys did the... Yeah, that that little uh, HyperX event they did last year too, except it was inside of a room, mm. right? But you were in the yeah. esports arena. Yeah. Yeah. We had to travel all the way to Vegas for that. So you're coming back for mm. that next event? Uh, not me, uh, personally, but my coworkers because I went last night, so it's now their turn to. Oh, okay, so you guys, you guys switch off. Mm -hmm. Okay, what is that yeah. event for? Uh, it's for Wild Classic. Wild Classic coming back, so Vanilla WoW, I guess. Mm -hmm. And we're working with Blizzard to have a launch party for them. Oh, wow. Okay, mm -hmm. so this is perfect. Now we could segue, right? We could segue <laughs> into, into what do you have to do for that event? Because obviously it's a pretty mm -hmm. big event. Everyone's super hyped up for WoW Classic. Mm -hmm. And you guys have, um, I don't know, an event? Or would you call it an activation? Because I don't know. Um, I would say it's an event because even if you, if you want to attend, like, we actually have open like, public tickets. Mm -hmm. So... Um, like Osman Gold is gonna be there. Sunny, um, SKT Sunny, I don't really remember his name, but um, S Fan TV, um, gosh, oh, uh, I am Kate Healing Stat, and uh, I can link it to you later. But okay, yeah, we are having an event there, so it's mostly kind of like celebrating the release, or I guess launch of Classic. So we're gonna have a um, like guest speakers with. This um, devs, we have giveaways and stuff. Hmm. But what I do for that, for events mostly in particular, is I do event coverage. Uh, so that kind of means uh, for HyperX specifically is um, we have social activations, which mostly entail of Instagram stories. So I basically had to make a whole detailed and very, very specific, um, I guess, timeline and what exactly we're gonna do there so even like a month sometimes we prepare even two months before the event starts um 
like an introduction, uh, what we want to showcase there. So what we uh, try, try to avoid is this coverage, you know, because, you know, like IGN and stuff like that, they'll go to an event, it's kind of just like pan around and say, hey, you know, like Monster Hunter has a booth here. What is, uh, let's check it out. We avoid stuff like that because it's kind of, I guess, redundant because, like I said, IGN and stuff already do that. So what's the point of like uh, us doing that if you can get news and more from them? So what we try to do is something a little more, I guess, uh, engage, like, something fans can engage in. So what we try to do a lot is um, something that I did at E3 was uh, Adventure Time. So sometimes like, we'll have our fans choose uh, which way should we go? We have, you know, the sticker poll for Instagram. So they get to choose like, oh, we want to go left. We want to go right. And, you know, tap once to check if you chose right. Tap two times if you went left. Stuff like that. So it gives fans more autonomy and kind of more like they also are part of our journey and not just like viewing it through a um, industry person's eyes because we want to get them more involved. And that's what I do for mostly every event. And same thing with this one, the WoW Classic. I uh, actually had to write a, a very um, lengthy, very detailed uh, I, I Instagram story for today. Or yeah, today I wrote that, but for Monday. So that's what I'm doing for that event. Whoa, that's really impressive. I don't think I've ever heard of anyone doing that before. Um, kind of like a, you know, your own choose your own adventure or giving the, the viewers of the story more autonomy to follow mm -hmm. the content how they wish to see fit. So that's really, really cool. Do you, do you, um, so when you're writing up this plan, are you talking about takeovers mm -hmm. or do you have specifically like coworkers going around with that account and going to different, um, I guess like using photography, um, terms, like do you have like a shot list? Mm, um, we use shot lists for if we have our production team do something. So only have a shot list. Let's say if like uh, Red Bull had an event, our creative team, the one that does like the filming and stuff, if they go, I'm like, hey, can you take a picture of someone using our headset? But for hyper, I guess, social activations for the Instagram stories, it's either me or one of my coworkers, one of my two other coworkers that have access to the Instagram. Instagram account that goes around and basically preparing the we take our own I guess shot list and we, so since we have a plan a detailed plan we don't have to waste any time when we're at the event so it makes things a lot smoother we don't just go around being hey you know that kind of looks cool we make sure everything is planned out and the only reason we go to you know take pictures with our you know on the Instagram stories so we like, let's say I want a like an introduction shot of people entering, um, I guess, entering the venue. So I'll try to find like a balcony that will go up and I'll do like that slow of like, I guess, time lapse. And so I'll sit there for like what, a minute and I'll record that and I'll save it. I won't publish it yet and I'll save everything and publish it all at the same time later. So I'll write all the things that we have to, I'll edit everything on like stickers or um. I'll just write the copy, which copy for social media is just the, like the, I guess, text, so the text, the text that you'll see on the Instagram stories, you know, like, hey, we're here at, you know, I guess, you know, Raleigh for Rainbow Six. Um, let's go, you know, see what we can find. So that's what, I guess, sorry, I kind of forgot <laughs> what was the question, but that's what 
uh, I oh photography sorry uh, that's what, how we prep for Instagram stories so it actually takes a lot of time because I have to run around and be like uh this picture kind of looks bad uh to retake this because it's all through the phone but hopefully I'm hoping if I get more photography skills that I can take a uh, photos with my uh, Canon and you know edit that and then use it for Instagram important <laughs> Ah, so contrary to popular belief or not popular belief, but probably what a lot of people would think happens is like they think that someone just takes it on their phone, does the story and posts it as is. But you guys actually take mm -hmm. it from a separate source, whether it's from a DSLR camera or mm -hmm. the phone itself. And then you edit the pictures a little bit and then yeah. you import it through the app itself for the story. Yes. Yeah. So it does take a lot of time, but which is why the plan really helps because you know, me and my coworkers that do the social media, um, we write set the copy, we list how many we're doing. Are we doing like five, I guess, uh, store, you know, panels for the story? Are we doing nine? Um, what type of picture are we looking for? So this, that plan does help a lot for the, you know, day of, so I don't have to stress out like, oh, like, well, sometimes I stress out because, you know, sometimes like, oh, shroud came suddenly, can you go run and take a picture? I'm like, uh, I had to see if I can fit that in my, you know, my story or can I save it for later, not for the event, but can I save it for like a future thing we do with him? So there's a lot of like goes on behind the scenes, but um, I guess, I guess since I kind of talked about it, it is noticeable when you go to like our competitors or other people's Instagram stories, like you know, Logitech, Corsair. Um, it is interesting to see the differences. And I think a lot of people in the industry do, you know, kind of, obviously not on purpose like oh i'm gonna steal this but they do bounce ideas off each other but that's how we everyone keeps you know competitors because they try to one-up each other which is something you know i hope to do like ah oh, you know i gotta do better than my own post or my mm -hmm. own last story and i gotta do better than everyone else so this will, is how you keep um, the innovation game going mm -hmm. yeah so it's really fun um and of course after the event we uh, or i tracked down the retention rate and how many people left the story and all the data so we keep all that data mm, so like not only you do posting you um all right so that's that's a lot of information to take in because yeah. I, I mean <laughs> like I, I think i hope the viewers by now understand that doing social media is way more than just posting a couple mm -hmm. lines of text with a picture right yeah yeah you're not just mm -hmm. promoting event and pushing stuff into people's faces but you're also trying to engage with the community um itself and mm -hmm. trying to make them feel like this is much more than advertisement uh, yeah because nowadays a lot of the users a lot of people in general are are starting to really notice the difference between what advertisement and marketing is and that's why mm -hmm. i personally i separate those two terms mm -hmm. um advertisement for me is just pushing something in in someone's face that isn't really asking mm -hmm. for it whereas marketing yeah. is really engaging and talking with the presenting mm -hmm. it to them in a very i guess tasteful manner right yeah yes yeah um so i, I guess to to go back just a little bit right and before mm -hmm. we get more into this discussion because i have so many questions for you <laughs> um what how do you actually like summarize your job? Like, so if someone was like, what do you do at HyperX? Go, um, that, that's the... Let's see, I, I post on social media and I was, I have, you know that cat meme? I have like, that cat meme is like, you know, like uh, people uh, adding HyperX because they're um, 
their headset broke. Me, the social media girl, that has nothing to do with fixing anything. I, of course, I send it to the customer service, but there's... <laughs> so, I guess, in, in short, I would say um, I scream internally when people are yelling at us on social. But I try to do my best and post better, <laughs> better stuff on, on it, I would say. <laughs> I do scream internally every day because, you know, like sometimes someone would be like, oh, I hate your product. I can't believe it. And I'm just like, oh my god, I'm sorry. I can't do anything about it, but I can, I can tell you sorry mm-hmm. and give you, you know, I can redirect you to customer service, but you know. That's as much as I can do, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you post on social media, right? And let me know if mm-hmm. I'm missing anything. So you post on social media, which includes Twitter, um, probably Facebook, Instagram, mm-hmm. and depending yeah. on the platforms, if they have an extra thing like Instagram, you would do stories. Mm-hmm. Um, so you help promote events, you help promote products. Um, mm-hmm. Promote partners? Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I promote partners. So I also do, I promote partners. Like, so we're partnered, we've partnered with Red Bull. So I'll do like, hey, um, we miss, take us back to Lollapalooza. Um, Red Bull and us, you know, celebrated, you know, whatever we, event activation there. So stuff like that. And so sometimes I'll engage in a tweet. So engage, be like, I'll like it. Because uh, it, it ends up on our people's feeds, right? Because you can now see likes or all like comment on it and be like, hey, you know, thanks for having us there. And um, so that's what we, or retweet it depending on the partner. So, mm-hmm. and uh, for like giveaways, like we work with Ubisoft for Rainbow Six. So I'll make the uh, giveaway page for that and tag them. Uh, let me see. You are also, you're probably like the giant gateway to uh, that that like connects with a bunch of other like departments between the company right yeah because you i don't know if you write the copy yourself but if you do have a copywriter you got to talk to him i assume uh probably your your graphics um people Mm -hmm. if you have like designers internally you have to work with them on on the you know on the graphics for posters whatever Mm -hmm. that they have um photographers but you also do some of that as well um Mm -hmm. maybe or your sales department too, like just every just every department you probably have contact with, right? For whatever they need, because you're pretty much like um, the 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 gateway to the outside world for HyperX. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, for me, I actually write all the copy, but my bosses approve them. So mm-hmm. um, if they don't think it's like up to par, like oh, you gotta make it more like I guess like snappy, more like energetic. So they'll give me feedback on the copy, but they do let me write most things or pretty much everything except for depending on if it's like a really big partner. Uh, But for social, I guess not only do I have to promote product, not all of my uh, content that I post is, hey, you know, we have cloud mix. You should go buy it. Here's the link. But we, like I said, for Instagram stories, how we want to make it innovative and have our fans engage in Instagram stories. I do try to have engaging content on our regular socials as well as Twitter. Um, you know, like fans say, or say, hey, fans, or not hey, fans, but like, hey, so like, what games are you guys playing this weekend? Or like, I'll try to, we'll try to like do memes or something like a small like skit. So my, gra- my interns actually do graphics for everything. So like the wild event, they'll do the whole graphics for that and make help us plan content for scheduling. So that my schedule is not just like products, you know, pushed in your face because 
if you just were following a page that had products, right, you might not want to follow it if it's, you know, you just see, oh, they're just posting a raw product. You know, yeah, same thing it as becomes follow an advertisement YouTuber. page, right? Yeah. yeah. It's like another billboard and you don't want the social media page just to be a billboard. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we try to do a lot of engaging content. It is, I guess that's one of my hardest challenges right now is um, balancing a lot because like this month alone, we had uh, the Hyperx Showdown, the post Evo thing, um, Wild Classic, all within basically three weeks of each other. And we have, you know, a couple products that came out. Um, oh, did we have a product come out? I don't remember. Or, ooh, I don't remember. We have, we have a lot of we have, we have a lot of products coming out though. That's how I know I'm busy. Um, so we have like I guess like this whole Q4 is so busy. On top of it being holiday season, so I to oh, make content for holidays, yeah. yeah, and for individual game titles. So like Gears Five is coming out, Borderlands Three. So we try to make content tailored for that as well. So it's pretty hectic. <laughs> Are you also part of the content team technically, or do you work with the content yeah. team? Uh, so HyperX we split it where social content is different from like the big content you know like we have we were all gamers campaign uh i don't necessarily i don't deal with that because it's not really in social but whoever because we think of it as like a team thing like everyone hyperx kind of get together and like talk about it and we have a whole production team for that so like um like we work with like juju or um i guess darren fox they'll have like bigger like more higher production videos that the production team will do and then they'll send it to me and i'll be the one to post it on social whoa mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's a that's a lot <laughs> yeah when lot. i when i was in college yeah that's um when i when i helped with the social all i did was was um basically advertise and thinking to myself mm -hmm. there has to be something more to this right like a better way to utilize all these platforms and uh it seems like you really got a good grasp of how to do Directly and engaging with making sure everyone's happy. Sometimes you have to deal with problematic people online. Yeah. Um, and Ugh. so there's just, it's, it's you're like, you're like juggling. You're like a digital mm -hmm. juggler of information. I think that's really common though nowadays because, like, like you said, like you probably, I mean, I feel like collegiate esports, you wear everything and almost, you know, you, you do part of everyone's role on top of your own, which, you know, I guess a lot of people say you wear many hats. You wear many so hats, I think, yeah. Yeah, many hats. So I feel like it's normal that mm -hmm. in any company that a lot of one person does a lot of their own thing and more. So I know I talk like I do a lot, but also I just, I just, I guess it's an experience for me because it's also a really fun experience that, you know, I'm learning a lot. But it is a challenge, but it's definitely a challenge that I hope to overcome. But since I just graduated, it's a little hard for me to sometimes grasp, especially since I come from a computer science background. So mm -hmm. doing marketing and like all this creative thing is a little bit opposite of computer science, which is more analytical and like like pure like logic. Yeah. Um, and, you know, when it comes to the, like the analytical, analytical pure logic, um development side of things, do you use any of those skills that you learned um, with your major to um, maybe harness the tools better? Because I know I'm not very, um, you know, well-versed in the mm -hmm. digital marketing or social media stuff, but I do know that there are specific tools that you guys use 
for analytics. Mm -hmm. um, have you, you know, used any of your CS skills for, you know, for that side of things? Um, I guess I deal with numbers more. So uh, like every month or every quarter, I go through like the numbers if, because the numbers, the biggest and hardest thing about social media is like, yeah, your your managers will see how well you do, but it's also everyone else who's not your boss. You know, your boss's boss will see how well you do. Like, oh, you know. So they'll be, sometimes they'll be like, oh, you made this tweet. I'm like, yeah, I made this tweet. And they're like, okay. I'm like, well, does that mean like I did good, the bad? So people can see your performance. And also, I mean, if you go on Twitter, you can finally probably find everyone, you know, like uh, everyone who's a social media for the respective company and you know they're posting kind of like, your resume so there's a lot of pressure to do well and so i check my numbers on how well i do like every quarter and uh but having an analytical background with like dealing with numbers because i in cs i specifically did information science so that's more like um i guess just numbers and like graphs and stuff so mm -hmm. it helps me a lot and but it does not help me with the creative side I get stuck in creative. I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I don't know what to think of creatively, but with numbers, it's everything's. Oh, that's cool. So yeah, you, you got to balance out like, you know, the left side of the brain with the right side of the mm -hmm. brain <laughs> and figure out like what to do um, and how they correlate with each other. Mm -hmm. uh, what what kind of tools do you guys use? If you are allowed to say to, uh, to do analytics yeah. for social media. So, I mean, uh, I know, so if you, I think it's, I don't know if it's mobile, but um, if you go to people's tweets, you can see what type of, uh, I guess, tool they use to post. So if you go on like HyperX tweets, you'll see like it was this post was posted on Sprinkler. So I use Sprinkler to uh, post and it's this big platform where they have like different, um, I guess, sections. And one of those sections is uh, reporting. So that's how I look at my numbers is through their reporting. Since I post, since we connected, you know, all the hyper accounts, um, I get to see well, how all my posts do through certain time frames and stuff. So that's what I think the only tool that I use to see numbers. I know a lot, some people do use like TweetDeck or Hootsuite um, and stuff like that. But Sprinkler, expensive, but it does like help you know everything in one place i don't have to like manually do anything okay so sprinkler encompasses like facebook instagram and twitter mm -hmm. it's a super huge platform i think you can add a lot more things oh wow yeah probably like, like youtube too maybe because i know youtube yeah. um i see a lot of youtubers that i follow they're starting to communicate with their their community on there too by posting oh just like posts in general mm -hmm. outside of their videos and so we could see yeah. that yeah 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 i noticed that too yeah, it's like I didn't know like YouTube has like a status thing now. Yeah, like the so so it looks like the game is changing there a little bit. They don't mm -hmm. only communicate on Twitter, but now they're also communicating on um natively on the platform yeah. itself. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Maybe they might introduce polls or or something else, but I think each platform's always coming up with to try to keep people on that platform. Oh yeah. Have the community on there. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it spring. is very crazy. Which um which platform is kind of like the most problematic for you? I hear uh, Facebook isn't doing so well, but then some people really like Facebook because it's mm -hmm. really cheap to to boost posts on there and get a lot of eyes mm -hmm. on. Uh, so yeah, what's your experience? Yeah, like? that's basically it. Um, Facebook is 
I guess, well, yeah, YouTube also, but um, Facebook is, um, you play with money, right? So, like I said, you said it's cheap. Because it's so cheap, um, if you post, like, a regular post, it's not going to do so well. They encourage you to spend money because, like you said, it's cheap. And since you spend money, and then they're like, oh, okay, well, we're going to boost your post. You know, it's more buys. Mm-hmm. So Facebook is pay-to-play, which, uh, I guess. But um, I guess most people go on Twitter and, you know, pop up in your feed. It's more catered to interest, where Facebook is more towards personal stuff. So it is, I guess, a little bit harder to find things. Mm-hmm. But um, YouTube in particular is probably the biggest challenge because for me, I tried to go a little bit above and beyond. So the extensions I use is called VidIQ. And um, so since Facebook, or sorry, not Facebook, uh, YouTube uses its own SEO algorithm. Uh, if you notice, like these people, like YouTubers put these super long descriptions and they'll keep using big, uh, I guess, ranked word keywords, kind of like Google SEO. If you do Google SEO or Google Analytics, you know what keywords are. They're, you know, words that are what people search, right? So, like, if someone searches, like, chocolate, you can still change, like, milk, milk chocolate, dark chocolate. But chocolate's keyword, and people now is, like, Minecraft, right? So you put, like, Minecraft, like, a bunch of it. So it'll be higher up in the, your video search. And that's how, obviously, content is shown on YouTube now. So you have to have good content on YouTube. And you had to hit those marks, those invisible check marks that YouTube has in order for it to push naturally on its uh, algorithm. Mm-hmm. Have you been using the hashtags too? Because I know you're you're allowed up to three hashtags now for the YouTube videos. Yeah, yeah. So we're starting to use that. It's it's still a monster though, because um, it's you know there's it's very very. I guess for us, we don't have a lot of like good con. Well, we have content, but it's not like consistent not like a con like a blogger youtube you know so mm-hmm. it is the toughest for us because of not you know just not being pushed in the algorithm and our content yeah do you guys um i guess focus a lot on like the algorithm or do you you know like try to figure it out or are you that or is your approach more like okay we'll just kind of go with it and just kind of see how it goes and not really pay too much to the algorithm changes way too often or it's too unpredictable so you guys just do what you guys can do and whatever works keep on going with that Mm, i think that's a really good actually like question to bring up because i think that honestly boils down to what your company stands for uh me personally i like data like i said come from computer science so i really like looking and trying like i gotta get all those check marks right like how do i put that to seo so um like i mean that doesn't have to deal with content in particular but when i write the description and everything i get to see how well it's going to do um but i would i want to believe that if you have good content and you're good with the community that you automatically do a lot better right because people mm-hmm. stay for good content but it's it is very very difficult because you know everyone's super busy and it's just like since i'm doing like what that's four platforms already yeah and well five include instagram stories because i travel to a lot of events it's very very difficult so my team does its best but you know we hope to do good engaging content since we do like sponsor people like pokimane and she has all her friends and um, we have valkyrie so you know who who knows when sooner or later we'll see yeah 
Um, are, are you guys exploring any other platforms as well? Maybe like Reddit? I don't know mm. if, if gaming platforms want to use Snapchat. Uh, you know, I for some reason, I have this theory that TikTok is about to blow up soon. Oh my god. Okay. My, yes? Yes. Okay. To, All right. My All boss right. is like, please, Lily, look up TikTok. I'm like, uh, okay, okay, I'll download TikTok. So I'm glad you brought that up because I had to do that as well. So I had to go on TikTok and see that. But I feel like for me, like my opinion is like as a brand, because TikTok is just all memes, right? It's just all this like stupid, like weirdest things. Like if you don't understand what memes are, you're like, what the hell is this, right? Yeah. So I'm like, how would like a brand, especially a computer company brand, even like be even part of this? But so that's the big challenge too. But we're not dealing, I'm not dealing with that yet. So Yeah, it's just like, how do you speak it's, the language <laughs> of the platform? Yeah. And not sound like you're trying too hard, right? That's that's yeah. always the thing. You have to sound native to the platform, man. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think it's super interesting because so get, getting into this discussion, I was, um, okay, the first thing that made me think of TikTok as blowing up is have you noticed that dance challenge that everyone's been doing? That at least all yeah. the streamer girls have been doing with that Japanese song. Oh, oh, yeah, the where they're like, yeah, where they're like, yeah, they're yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, that <laughs> one. So like, that's all yeah. on TikTok. All, all and uh -huh. I and I check their accounts, and their accounts are freshly made just to uh -huh. do that dance. So, huh. so Lily really Pichu, um, uh, Vic, Vicky, uh, Awkward Raccoon. She made like yeah. her own new TikTok account too. I think um, a bunch of other people I've researched. Like it's all new accounts. Mm -hmm. And then I was at the. Um, are you familiar with Eighty Eight Rising? Yes. Yes. Uh, I was at their Head in the Clouds festival uh, oh, wow. in LA. Yeah, this past weekend. Um, and TikTok was being pushed so hard, really, really hard. Really? It was one of their biggest activations there. Huh? Yeah. That's in, crazy. in between sets of everyone performing on the main stage, they had a TikTok mm. ad. What? Yeah. Mm. And so they were, they were pushing it really hard. Um, and then the third thing was when I usually, I, I went to speak at a career day at my old middle school. And I mm -hmm. asked the kids about TikTok and they say they really like it and they're using it. So I know like at least the younger generation, the one who's going to yeah. grow up and uh -huh. have more influence and power and purchasing power, um, they're going to be using, well, they might, depending if they want to stay on TikTok, you know, they'll mm -hmm. be using that too as they, as they grow up into high schoolers and maybe high schoolers going to college are going to be using TikTok as well. But it's mm -hmm. kind of like the second bind. That's how I see it. That's, yeah, that's, that's very true. Um, do you feel like, most like an average person does have TikTok on their phone. I don't know. So like cause, how the cause... average person probably has Snapchat, right? But now Snapchat kind of died because Instagram ish. killed it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and now it's all the people who are obsessed with like streaks and very close friends that are mm -hmm. on Snapchat. So it's yeah. so I think Snapchat is more like a personal thing now. The way I mm -hmm. see kids using it when I ask them is that they're using it more like a texting platform. Than interesting yeah so they have group chats within snapchat they send each other snaps instead of texting um mm. and that's how they communicate with each other because they don't they think facebook is for old. apparently i'm old oh. yeah <laughs> and so they don't they don't have messenger and text mm. messages i guess aren't as fun or interactive as snapchat mm. and snapchat and you know do, you know sending pictures with filters and all this other stuff mm -hmm. So that's how they're communicating and so they use instagram for posts like how we post on facebook and then they're yeah. using snapchat as a as a texting medium huh instead of messenger yeah that that's interesting yeah i mean facebook is like it's very very 
weird because not only pay to play, but like, I guess there aren't, if you're a kid, you're like, oh, you know, my, my, my dad uses Facebook, you know, why would I use something my dad or my uncle didn't use? And so it is, I guess they're not wrong. There's a lot of older people and, you know, kids definitely would want to not want their, they don't want their parents to see what they post. So yeah. So that's so, that's and that's that why everyone's sense. having like finstas and stuff like that too. Oh yeah. I learned about that word just the other day. I felt really old. <laughs> it's okay. I didn't know about it until someone was like, Oh Lily, you see someone post on their finsta? I'm like, what the hell is that? They're like, you know, it's like a private one. I'm like, see, I know what that means. So I, I feel you on that. Yeah, it's like fake insta. I was like, oh yeah, duh. Like that's what <laughs> Um so yeah it's just this this whole world of of social media is very very intricate. Um what what are some of your like I guess best practices when it comes to posting? Let's see. Um one of them is content. Uh like I said we want to create engaging content not content that just is on your face and it's like an ad like oh, I rather you're probably rather scroll past an ad rather than something that like piques your interest like a gif or like a meme or something or get um so that and i guess um hashtags so like on instagram no one if you like way back then you would like put like a lot of dots and you'd put like a line and be like thousand hashtags now people just hashtag in the comments so um stuff like that stuff that i guess that's more trendy um like if something trends day of because usually I plan my posts like a week or two ahead of time. But sometimes they'll be like, oh, like Gamescom trended last week or yesterday. Should we post something about it? Um, so it's like content, uh, staying on top of trend, trends to be more relevant. And um, I guess time, knowing what time your fans are mostly on. Because, you know, like, I guess if you want something more active, sometimes a lot more people are active in the morning. Sometimes they're active at night. Obviously on weekends, everyone is active. Uh, we used to go even into in-depth with like the uh, ratio size. Like Twitter is one, two. So like 10, 24 by 512. Uh, Facebook, people used to use that same ratio, but now it's square because it's easier on mobile, right? So everyone uses... Uh, 1080 by 1080 same with instagram is 1080 by 1080 and the size for instagram stories is like 1920 by 1080 so we only use sizes for like i guess general things like that because it just looks better for people so stuff that just makes it easier for people to like comprehend so like no like long formal talk because if you want or twitter you're like you hear like you know slangish, so stuff that are just easier for people to digest is what I guess our best practice or my best practices are. All right, cool. And what about the common mistakes that you see doing? So, say I don't know if you still kind of um, keep up here and there with uh, the collegiate esports scene. I mm -hmm. um, I follow a, a lot. I'm, I'm, I think it's impossible to follow all of them, but I follow yeah. a lot of the social media um, mm -hmm. accounts on Instagram and Twitter for them. And mm -hmm. what are some like mistakes that you see? from either the organizations or personal um, accounts themselves when they try to, you know, use social media? Um, I think it's, yeah, since I've definitely, I've had experience in both. And um, I guess it's, well, one, if for the whole, like a whole collegiate org, it's underestimating social media because social media is not just, for me, when I thought 
uh, when I was back in you know, collegiate esports, I thought it's like, oh, it's just advertising to you know my like my fellow UCI students. Like they see it. I mean, yes, they see it, and I'll post on their page, you know, like our class pages. But you know, little did I know that people from you know Blizzard or like HyperX also see these type of posts, and so that is also your personal resume. And like I said, so to that, it's um, underestimating social media and not giving enough credit to that social media person because like I said before it is you know it takes a lot more time than what someone thinks that a post takes like one minute because it really doesn't because you have, like you say you got to get the graphic like if you really if a person who really cares they'll care about like you know the aesthetic of the picture you know how you, how you show that should you make like you know you don't just take like a really janky picture you want to show like the whole event so you for me personally too, I have to be the photographer because I also had to take my own pictures to post on social, right? I don't have yeah. a photographer, so I had to be my own photographer and my own graphic designer sometimes. Um, so I think that now, like, you know, I do follow a lot of, or a good handful of collegiate uh, pages too. And a lot of times they miss out on posting because, um, you know, I guess at that point, how would, someone from like us outside know that they're doing something if they don't post about it because you can't just go up say hey are you doing something um if we see you post you know as like a sponsor if you want to come to us as to sponsor that club how will we know your track record and that you do a lot of stuff because a lot of times partners and sponsors be like hey can you do uh, like th three tweets and we'll retweet it for you you know so social media as a the now in a company is a lot more important. And I think that collegiate, I guess, yeah, collegiate social media people should probably pay attention more to that because it is important. Mm -hmm. So you, you want them to take it more seriously mm -hmm. and kind of do, do their homework when it comes to how, like, I guess, well, you're, you're a pro now. You're, you're technically a professional yeah. working in the space. So how do <laughs> pros do it, right? Yeah. And try to emulate that because I think the skills um, that they learn from either emulating what they what they've seen, and mm -hmm. and what they learn themselves from trial and error will help carry on into finding jobs outside. Yeah, I think so. And speaking about finding jobs outside, so um, what advice do you have for for people who want to get into doing social media, coordinating social media marketing, or just mm -hmm. uh, you know in within this career path uh, in esports? Um. I guess one major thing is you don't have to be in collegiate esports to get a job in esports is one major thing. Like I feel like yes, you put in a lot of time and effort and it does show on your resume that you love esports and gaming, but it's hard because we know like as you know, as someone who's in collegiate esports, you understand, but after working with a lot of my bosses, I feel like that is depending on your role, it is very taken very lightly. Like if a lot of jobs now, if it's like marketing, computer, you know, being a dev, um, like if you want to be dev, you don't have to be in collegiate esports for that. You have to, you should, you know, practice on making character models. You should make a game. You should build your project portfolio for computer, you know, for designing games to be a dev. And you can still work in the esports industry, right? Same with marketing. I mean, yes, I did college esports, but if I wanted, really wanted to go a lot step farther, 
I could be a marketing manager. I could have been a marketing manager and learn, have more applicable things. But that doesn't necessarily mean I had to be in esports. So I feel like, yeah, that's a big one. Have a your own portfolio with it because, like any other job, you need your own portfolio. And uh, like I said, you don't need collegiate experience with it, but it's still good to be a part of. But I think it's just knowing passionately what you want because. I guess a lot of people think in collegiate esports, sometimes they're a tournament organizer. And, you know, yes, if you're collegiate esports and you're a tournament organizer, that just being in the industry might not be applicable depending on the company, but especially social media, that's not going to matter at all. Um, so whether it be running a social media page for, I guess, you know, college, it can be university, it could be uh, like a radio station, just something that correlates your passion in gaming, if gaming is a choice or your choice, and have building that portfolio respectively and getting internships, trying to get internships your first or second year. Because if you do a lot, like if you really focus and specialize yourself, um, you have a high chance of getting internship. And because you get an internship when you're very young, keep getting more internships and more internships it does build up a lot and from my experience with a lot of my computer science friends who didn't get a job straight out of college um that computer science is very 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 tough and competitive obviously everyone wants to go to google everyone wants to go, wants to, go to facebook um if you don't have internships to show that you've had that business and corporate experience dealing with um, older people varying ages varying backgrounds and different departments it is very hard to get a job if you know for anything not only but esports is very hard too um for you know just a job right out of college i think that's my biggest tip is just follow your passion but just know realistically don't go too high just dream but realistically follow what you want to do got it so as a recap um you don't necessarily have to work um, have a position within collegiate esports organizing. Yes. You could just manage social media accounts for any organization in your college, or even mm -hmm. if you're not in college, you could find a person, a brand, or an organization to mm -hmm. do more as good practice, and that mm -hmm. could help build up your skills, experience, and your portfolio, like you said. Yes. Um, you could probably even use yourself if you want to go that route. If you're like brave and want to kind of put yourself out mm -hmm. there, you could manage yeah. your own account as well. Mm -hmm. um, and follow your passions, make sure the things that you want to do align with the job that you have. Mm -hmm. And then just make sure that you set realistic goals. Um, even though it, you are passionate about it, make sure you try to aim high otherwise. Yeah. It'll be really hard to reach it. Mm -hmm. It's all about taking steps, I think, because small steps do end up to that big goal. Like, I think that's happened to me. Not only was I lucky that HyperX called me back, but it was because. Um, like I said, I worked a lot through college and through, you know, not just social media, but, you know, a legitimate org, which is UCI Esports and the club, and also another company, which is the camp one. So having all that smaller experience throughout my college years did help me get to the experience I have now, because I think without it, it would have been so much harder to 
I guess, be taken seriously by, you know, like, like my boss, right? So because mm-hmm. now that I'm in that position to hire more people, I definitely understand what type of person they're looking for. And but I also understand like when you're a college student it is it is hard. Sometimes you just want to throw everything in your resume. But so I think that's what also the bigger downfall is, is sometimes when I'm looking through people through people's resumes, it's all over the place for uh, people who've just graduated because they mm-hmm. want to try to show they've done a lot, right? But yeah. sometimes showing a lot is not you know the best way to show that you want that role in particular. So you, you have to cater your resumes to whatever job you're applying to. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. I, I yeah. remember in college, I, I was looking over a lot of my friends' resumes, and uh, they're like, oh, I want to get this position. And I'm like, well, your resume looks nothing like a person that wants that position. Yeah. I think I think that is a big one, especially after reading through a lot of people's resumes. Now it's like, um, it's it's much more important to you know, look at the job description and be like, okay, I can talk about these, this, this, and this. And even if it barely applies to that rule, it's better than showing something small than nothing at all. And uh, my bosses, and I think a lot of people in this industry understand that if you're just out of college, you're not going to have, you're you know, likely not to have a lot of professional experience. But at least you show that you've had experience in that, you know, beginning experience in that field. And, you know, like HyperX has a lot of people who've just graduated, such as myself, and they take a lot of time to teach. You know, it takes a lot for a company to hire a just a graduate and understand that they're still learning and being able to, you know, say, hey, we'll be here hand in hand to help you grow. And not only we support your passions, but we want to help you succeed, which is pretty awesome, I think, for our industry and esports a lot of people are self-starters or they're pretty young like us so and everyone's really welcoming like what like Fortnite had like the 16 year old who won so you know no matter what age i think everyone's super supportive at least in the esports industry that's always a nice thing because esports <laughs> while i do agree with a lot of people that it's it's really hard to just generalize esports as a whole but mm-hmm. the only way to do that is just like community loves competitive gaming right yeah. and um, we all want to see it succeed and some way or form so that's why everyone mm-hmm. is generally very supportive of each other yeah to, to help the whole initiative like forward mm-hmm. it's super awesome to see it like like we we're talking about like with tsm they're what made in 2010 mm-hmm. and there's just a group of five friends now they're what multi like i guess million dollar like org now and like what lena was in the forbes 30 under 30 under 30 so mm-hmm. that's like that's pretty crazy that a lot of people in our industry are like in that and self-starters. Yeah, they're, they're going to be, I, I re, I'm realizing this now after doing this podcast for a while that a lot mm-hmm. of people our age um, that went to college and did collegiate esports or you know, just are coming up out of college, like that's mm-hmm. going to be all of us. We're, we're like yeah. going to become old someday, but then like we, we're all coming from our past experiences and we're kind of like mm-hmm. that self-starter, those self-starters that you're talking about. Yeah, paving our own way, figuring out things, and helping innovate, and um, moving the forward in some fashion. Yeah, it's crazy. Time time's gonna fly so fast. You know, the next thing, who knows when the next Fortnite's gonna happen? Like Fortnite, I think really saved the industry, right? Because afterwards, everyone's like, "Oh, I gotta." Well, for us, for HyperX, like everyone's like, "I gotta buy headsets." Oh, like my son started to play Fortnite. I gotta buy them like a keyboard, or whatever. 
So Fortnite, I think, was like a huge boom and it saved the industry. And then Apex was almost there. They almost made it. Because right when Apex launched, they paid, what, Ninja got paid, what, like one mil to play Apex, right? Or yeah, something like that? Maybe, yeah, I don't even know. It sounds, it sounds about right. I wouldn't be surprised because Ninja makes a lot of money. And um, just because of Ninja play, like everyone started playing Apex, even if it was just for two weeks, people downloaded it. You know, mm-hmm. so who knows what game will pop up next. Yeah, the power of influence. Mm-hmm. So crazy. Uh, so speaking about the future, like what's what's next for you? Um, are you interested in staying within social media um, for just like the foreseeable future? Mm-hmm. Um, I think, well, ever since I was uh, like, like, I guess a kid or in high school or in high school, I, I, um, I got a scholarship to go to UCI and um, one of my uh, I guess major points in my essay for that scholarship was, well, I got the scholarship for being a, viol- a violinist. So I was in orchestra and like mariachi all like for like six years. So I got a scholarship for being in music, but my essay included like I wanted to like be part of an orchestra that played um, music for like Final Fantasy. And I've always been fascinated by Square Enix. So I think that was my major goals is to be part of like Square Enix or a video game company, which hopefully in the like far, far future, I can be part of a game company. But uh, right now, I can definitely see myself being in social media and community management, I think. Just being, being able to, you know, being that person to be that, you know, I guess that person to be able to, I guess, ignite the passion in someone that's starting esports and just gaming company or just be part of like our industry and being able to see them want to shine and just being that person that gave them that small hope for just you know like what when you're a kid and you someone gives you like a lanyard you're like oh my god this lanyard means everything to me but to us now it's like oh just a lanyard but that lanyard can mean like you know i mean i say the lanyard but it can mean a lot for one person and i think being in a position i am now is this a good start to something I, I want to head in the future. I really, really, yeah. Making, making people happy is just something that's so rewarding that mm-hmm. it's really hard to explain until you've actually felt it by, by doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, um, it's really funny because, like, my cousins, they follow the HyperX page, but they didn't know it's me. And then I went back <laughs> to home one day, and they're like, oh, Lily, you work in, like, gaming? Because obviously they're kids. They don't know what gaming, you know. Mm-hmm. so i used to just generalize yeah i work in the uh, video game industry and they're like what what do you do i'm like i run the hyperx page you're like oh, you run the hyperx page can i message it and then it'll show on your phone i'm like yes so i they message the hyperx page i'm like here's your message they're like oh my god that's me can you follow me for like five seconds i'm like no i can't do that but you can sh- i can screenshot it to you that i got the message they're like okay okay so it was uh, it's super that cute is to see, so like, yeah that is adorable <laughs> so, and just so like i'm the oldest of all my cousins so and they all play the or the two major ones the two that play games the most they just love fortnite but whenever i go to like e3 or something i'll like always bring them something back so i it's like my way of saying like you know if they want to get in the gaming industry they can and i'm there to support them i'm not there since i you know, live up here now but you know, there's always the small things I think when you're a kid that make that big a difference. Even if right, when you're little, you may not comprehend it yet. But 
when you grow older and then you realize, you know, some they're just giving me small stuff to support me and like, you know, help my passions and me just like this more is I think I think it's like a big step for, you know, supporting if you're a parent, obviously supporting your child or just supporting, you know, the younger generation in general. Yeah, seeing all that I feel like makes it really worth it. I, I got the exact mm-hmm. same feeling when I told you I went to school to talk um at the career fair uh, career day and all of them were just asking questions and they were talking to me about like how cool it mm-hmm. is to work in esports and they want to do it someday and you're just like whoa like you we all of us like older you know than them we have an impact on how mm-hmm. they feel about this industry and we're making them excited to want to be a part of it yeah i think that's when- something really amazing so i'm always like striving to to get better at everything um to them so they can do, do what we do mm-hmm. yeah it's super awesome but you know who knows you know from like 10 years from now because well, you know the industry our industry changed so fast in like what five years like you know yeah it was like csgo and dota back you know early 2000s now it's like what Fortnite, and now a lot of people want to do like marketing is super big obviously now but then you know there's like everyone in every role is important like i think game developers are the smallest um portion in a company but they're also like the most important obviously because they the game but you know so i think we just us like in our position be able to start that fire they may not know what they want to work in yet but just us because when we were a kid we definitely understand right because what we played like the GameCube that came out 2001, right? The, mm-hmm. the Genesis and stuff. So we thought, you know, like, wow, everything is so cool. Like even just getting like what, like a small like pin is was probably like the greatest thing ever, right? Yeah. So and like, like reading the gaming magazines and all of that. Yeah, gaming was very niche back then. I think like smaller, obviously, like what everyone, everything was more like sports and stuff. So being able to get a small token of a game thing was super important and i think that's why for kids nowadays being able to feel that small thing is like a huge impact to them Mm -hmm. um one of the last topics i want to talk about is you know how you mentioned the the industry's moving very quickly and stuff like that Mm -hmm. how well what do you um i guess how are you how do you approach keeping up with the industry how do you do you like study social media do you follow other people who do social media really well or go look up algorithms and how things are changing uh you know how are you, I guess, evolving yourself to mm. get better at your job? Uh, well, first, most importantly, I follow my gut. Okay, <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's a smart thing to do. <laughs> sometimes, well, ah, gosh, I feel like for me, like when I post on social media, sometimes like the internet's just having a bad day. You know, sometimes you, there's, you know, big controversy and everyone's like, ah, you know, it's so much negativity. And like, and I feel like uh, maybe I shouldn't post because you know i it's just not the right time um but besides that um i do try to look at a lot of our my competitors so like logitech corsair uh still series and see what they do but also um because of the way like i said that content is turning into so we want more engaging stuff like um for our fans to be part of so i kind of look at complex how they have like hot wings right with like gordon ramsay or something hot wings is super popular oh yeah i love that show yeah <laughs> so i try to like follow stuff like that to get an idea with where content is going 
And for social, I feel like a good social media, uh, I think for community management and video games, uh, the video game industry is something to, good to look at because gaming, it's, we're in the same industry, right? So we target the same people. So seeing how they react, how our fans, our audience uh, reacts and talks to the game, the game companies and how I can talk to them the same way. Like Discord is like always popping, right? They talk like they're your like brother or sister. Um, I obviously I can't talk a lot like uh, Discord, but I try to keep like the same energy without you know the same typing the exact same way. Um, but um, marketing, of course, is always going to be traditional. Um, but like the big, I guess, advertising companies like or the way people or companies generally advertise to so like Target, you know, like Best Buy having ads on Amazon. Um, that's not something I had to deal with per se, but um, my boss has still encouraged me to go to uh, conventions that have panels or people from Target, like Walmart or like Google, uh, talk about marketing in general, just so I can get experience in full marketing rather than just social media. But so that's kind of the three things that I'm able to grow. But I think since uh, I was saying like, Back in college, I didn't have a lot of experience with like corporate stuff. Just being HyperX already, it was like helped me like grow like already tremendously. I feel like I can tackle a lot more now than I than I did before, and I just being part of HyperX, I'm still growing. But I think just having that company to support me with that type of you know on you know inexperienced background and just helping me grow is help me helping me uh. I guess, helping me grow professionally in my uh, role. Awesome. Um, so I guess, do you have anything else you would like to say or talk about? Because um, besides that, I'm, we're, this is, I guess, close to the end. <laughs> um, I don't think I have anything right now. I, yeah, I can't think of anything. All right. Well, if, I mean, if you can't, then that's that's fine. <laughs> I know we'll definitely be talking a lot more now. Um, mm -hmm. You're going to PAX. I'm going to PAX too. Oh, so we'll see each we other there. <laughs> yes, yes, we yeah. will. I was about to say that. Um, what's your socials for people who want to follow you? Follow you oh, or any shout outs? Um, I guess um, shout out to um, <laughs> I guess I don't know. Jeez, um, I don't know. Gosh. Oh, Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy, because I love them so much. I love Square Enix a lot. Um, because Square Enix was initially the uh, reason why I wanted to uh, go to college, so I love them a lot. Um, but my socials are for Twitter. It's uh, Mihyun Bay, I guess M I H Y U N B A E. Um, underscore. Huh? There's an underscore in there. Oh. Sorry, at the, at the very end. Oh, underscore. Oh, yes, right. Yeah, that's right. There is underscore. I can't worry. I'll, I'll link it below. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, I'm really open to playing with a lot of people. I think, I guess, I guess a small uh, side story um, is that I think video games definitely helped me be the person I am today, and it saved me through high school. Because actually, in high school, because I didn't go out a lot, I was actually like bullied because they're like, you know, people think. I'm antisocial, but now I understand. Like, I'm really introvert, but like, games do help you socialize and learn the type of people 
you know, you want to be part, you want to, you know, groups you like and either be the same game stuff. So video games be, do mean a lot to me and being in this position is like super awesome because I never thought I'd be working in like, it's still hard for me to imagine. Like I'm working in the game industry, so it's really crazy. And um, if anyone has any questions or just advice in social media, I'd love to help because like I was, you know, been talking through this whole, um, I guess, episode is um, I really love helping students or a lot of my jobs were helping students find their passions and get gaming. So I still love to do that. And I'm always here to love meeting new people, either playing games or, you know, just talking. Thank you so much for being that mm -hmm. leader um, that, you know, a lot of students need and look up to. It's super cool. And I, it's very admirable. I'm super happy that there are people like you that are very open to just teaching anybody wanting to help out openly. Thank you. All right. So I guess that is it for the end of this podcast. Thank you so much, guys, for watching. Uh, thank you so much, Lily, for coming on to the show. And um, you got her social media. You got her shout outs and stuff like that. Um, I had a lot of fun this episode. It was We had a lot of conversation. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. And uh, yeah, that's it. I'll see you guys later in the next one. Peace out. Bye. <laughs>